Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of DirectionsUniversity.com, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com, and Divizio, the all-new leverage platform for people doing good. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you with someone that I have been calling a leveragist for many years. We have my co-host, and the Associate Dean of Directions, you, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. How's Florida today? It's gorgeous, as usual, this time of year. Mm. I had to put gloves on today. and I had, No, you did not. I my, yep, I broke out the gloves. I really hold off as long as I possibly can, and today was below 40, and I couldn't handle it. I'm a wimp. I used to be able to handle cold wow. a lot better, but <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's, but it's about still seventy-eight degrees here today. Ugh. It got really oh, cold well. last night. We went down to sixty-six. <laughs> did you bring your plants in so they didn't get frostbitten? No, but I did wrap up in an extra blanket. <laughs> Such a win. Well, shall I introduce our guest? <laughs> Absolutely. Today we have court, Coach 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 Laura Rubin, award-winning digital media marketing strategist, certi- certified hypnotherapist, speaker, and best-selling author of the book Social Media Myths Busted. She is president and co-founder of Social Buzz Club and creator of the Savvy Social Media Success System. Good alliteration. Laura has developed marketing and branding strategies for more than 1,000 businesses, celebrities, speakers, and authors across the globe, helping them create more profits and brand popularity. Her profit-generating strategies and popular blog at transformtoday.com make her a highly sought-after speaker and consultant. Laura, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, you two. Hello, Laura. Hello. Jack, you've I suppose got you two to know make each sure. other. <laughs> oh, just a little. You have got to make sure that Laura fills you in on what she's got coming out in the spring for Social Buzz Club. It's going to blow your mind. Well, I am anxious to talk about that today uh, because what a leverage tactic, right? If it's used properly, and I can't wait to hear all the latest stuff uh, you know, because, I mean, like, people have been saying social for so long. Like, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. And I I don't know about anybody else, but I hate going to Google and searching and coming up with results on how to do something that's up to the minute, like social media marketing, and finding results from 2014. I hate it, hate it, hate it. 
So I always have to put like probably everybody else does 2016 and, you know, and then of course the way to combat that is to follow people like Laura who has a very active blog with 2016 results on how to do social media. So I always appreciate that. Um, We'll start you off with what we do with everybody every week. What was the one, what's the number one thing you can say that opened your eyes this morning and got you ready to greet the day with a fire in your belly? What's, what got you out of bed today? Oh, connecting with great people like you. I am so exciting, excited about what you're doing with Leverage Masters. And uh, Gina, I'm just, you know, I'm, I can be your fan club. So um, <laughs> I am just happy to be here and share, share good, good strategies, up-to-date strategies, because that is exactly what you said, Jack. It's, it's a challenge to know what's working. And the small business owner or entrepreneur today could be quite overwhelmed with uh, what they find online. I'm I'm going to try to launch this question in the most easy way possible so that people don't think that we're going to talk about something that we are not going to talk about exactly, directly anyway, and that's politics. And the reason that I bring it up is that one of the things about social media that we've learned very, very, very well, I mean, we don't exactly know everything that happened. Maybe you do, Laura, but I don't know exactly everything that happened during the election, but with the advent of sites that are kind of look like news sites but aren't really news sites, and the things that have, that have come into our world in a big way, it's not that they have not been there before, but I don't think anybody's ever experienced it the way we have here. And the reason that I bring it up at all is that for better or for worse, somebody really figured out how to use social media to get, um, to get eyeballs on their message, for better or worse, like I said. But what can marketers take away to use responsibly what people really completely abuse during the election? Uh, are, there, are there insights that you have for that? Is that a topic you don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole? Or do we have something to learn from that? I'm sure there's a ton we can learn from it. Uh, I think we're just beginning to realize um, that social media can be used for good or for evil or for good or for good, you know, and I'm all about promoting whatever you do as a business or a person, um, especially people who are not used to using it for business. It's like you're publishing on the front page of a major news magazine or a news periodical because it doesn't go away, number one. Number two, it's a reflection of who you are as a person, both professionally and personally. So I am, I encourage people to be very careful about what they post, very conscious about what they post, and with an in- underlying intention of why am I posting this, and do a gut check. It's like, hey, does this feel like this is going to add positivity, goodness into the world, or am I trying to use social media as my venting tool? And if you're using it as a venting tool, I I just want to encourage people to stop it. (laughs) It doesn't foster goodness in our world, you know. So I'd Mm. say to everyone, pause a moment before you press post and do that gut check and say, is this something I'd be okay with being – in the middle of blasted in the middle of Times Square, you know, on the, one of those billboards. Yeah. If it's not, don't press post. Go ahead, take a pen and paper out and journal. Go call a therapist, call your best friend, get it out. But don't use social media as your therapy. <laughs> 
it's well, not, it's it's interesting not helpful. how we, yeah, well, marketers, we consider ourselves, even if we're beginners, a little bit at least more savvy than the average uh, person using our tools that we use, social media being one of them. And it was surprising to me how um, I made uh, Curation Soft way back in the day, 2008, 2009. It was a neat little piece of software that helped WordPress bloggers g gather a bunch of content and choose pieces of it for curating onto, into a blog post. And you know, it gave people a lot of, of ability to um, you know, look a lot more authoritative on something. It wasn't just an opinion piece anymore because it was, you know, people were able to cite some of the things that they were talking about from other third parties. What I thought was kind of striking is I know there are a lot of curators out there. A lot of people use social media to curate and, and use other people's content to look smart or to, to show that they are smart, not to look smart, but to show that they know they follow the right places, they follow the right information, and they share things that they hope will get the attention of their followers and bolster their reputation with them so that when they do put something else out that might lead to a landing page or a webinar coming up or whatever that would directly uh, you know, benefit the marketer, they, everybody's listening. Everybody's sitting and leaning forward and listening because of their good job at curation. I was surprised given our general knowledge is, is a little bit better or a lot better than the average public, how many marketers got caught sharing stuff that wasn't real? Like, wasn't, like, it wasn't just them venting, but there are some very convincing sites out there that if you don't take the time to look and do a gut check for those sites, you might end up right. sharing something that's not good at all. What about that? Exactly. I think that you've got to be careful about what you're sharing. Do your due diligence beforehand. I mean, you could be sharing vi viruses, you know, <laughs> and so yeah. – uh, you really don't want to give people. Links. By the way, bad ideas are viruses too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad ideas, viruses—the one and the same. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that. Um, and you know, really, you—I believe we take on a higher role as marketers to be highly conscious of what we're posting. And really, if we're not doing our extra effort to check out what's what we're putting out, we're doing not only ourselves and our reputation a disservice, but we're doing the public a disservice. We are public figures. When The minute you are seen as a thought leader or you're marketing online, you're a public figure. It's something to take seriously. And if you don't like how other public figures are acting, well, that doesn't mean you should act the same way. <laughs> you really should act mm -hmm. the way, you know, be the change you want to see. So that's, you know, that's the takeaway for me is, like, be better, be stronger, and uh, be more diligent. What about people who are starting out or people like me who have started pages on Facebook and never really got as much play and still to this day I can go make a post on, on the, the people who are following me personally and who are friends with me, of course, and uh, I can always get a lot more play on that you know, private feed. It's like my personal feed on Facebook versus pages where you tend to struggle. One, because of the Google for, for the Facebook algorithm that doesn't want to show anybody anything unless you give them money. But but on top of that, just it's it's always a marked difference. And then people are in your personal feed, and 
I've stayed there, and I know a lot of marketers are like, well, I'm just going to pay to play, and I'm going to do the pages, and I'm going I'm to keep these two worlds separate. I find myself muddying the waters quite a bit myself, personally. What do you recommend to people when they, when they come to you and it's like, wow, look at all the people, not only that are your friends verified on Facebook, but the number of people following you who aren't your friends, but they're following you because either you have too mm-hmm. many friends or whatever. How do you guide people through that process? So that they're well, safe and that they're they're doing the right thing. Yeah, you're one person, which is the good news. So it's not like you have to live a double life, <laughs> online or offline. Um, not saying you shouldn't have Facebook business pages because you can you definitely can get gather some momentum around them, like you say, if you do it as a pay to play as well as do it on a passion base process, meaning a lot of pages mm-hmm. are very boring because they just want to promote stuff, but if you ha- have a cause, a passion that your business you know, really supports that's in alignment with your business, not just a random passion, but um, that whatever you're passionate about in your business and you create a community around that cause, that initiative, that uh, goal, then you create a tribe. Now, on your personal page, you can have that be an extension of the, the business page. And I'm all about, if you're on social media for business, you're on social media for business. Yes, Facebook says your personal page is for personal, but as a person, you're in business. <laughs> so I keep my Yeah, that's part of who you are. It would be get, right. schizophrenic a little bit if you – Wait, where am I at all times? Like, am I on the right page? What should I say here all the time? I mean, some yeah. people like me like to flow a little bit. And, 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 it, and the Absolutely. flow is completely interrupted if I have to c- continually stop and go, wait, what am I supposed to say here? Where am I? What hat am I wearing? Doesn't sometimes matter. that can yeah. get kind of confusing. Well, it's about being clear on who you are and what your, what your mission on Facebook is in general. Like, like we both agree, you're one person, you're fluid, you have a life. If you showed up at a chamber of commerce or a networking meeting, you shake people's hand, you talk about the ski trip you're going on, you talk about the kids, you talk about business, you talk about you know, things in the community. That's what your personal page is like. It's like you're, cham- you're attending a chamber of commerce meeting and you don't just talk business. You, you never say to somebody, do you want to buy my service, right? And it's at a networking meeting. Mm-hmm. You talk about their needs. You give them information and resources. You talk about, you, you bond over common recipes or whatever it is. And so it's a bonding process. It's a relationship building process. And it's a giving process of valuable information. Use the, do that on your personal page and you're using it for business. But it's a networking. It's personally professional, if you know what I mean. What are some of the big changes that you've seen lately in the way that you um, help people understand social media for business? I mean, because like what you just said is sort of like a public service announcement we've been making, right, for for a long time. Like people got onto that really quickly. We first just bombarded social media with advertising and it really only took like five minutes for us to figure out that's not a good idea we shouldn't be doing that and you know but things are really really evolving and I think a lot of people might be in danger of thinking that social hasn't really changed that much in the way that we think about it and strategize how we get our message out and um, you know how much we have to give versus when we can expect a return on the investment of time and resources that we put into all of that giving 
you know, what, what sorts of things or anything else that you've noticed that you think is really interesting um, that have developed and the way that you're t teaching people now might be different, uh, you know, in some ways than, than before. Yeah, well, building brand aware, it, really understanding the goal. Building brand awareness is, you know, where you start on social media. Getting conversions is where you can wind up. But a big mistake I see people make is that they um, they they think that, oh, I'm just going to go on social media and build relationships and the money's going to flow. Well, you've got to have a – you have to be so uh, – planned on your marketing funnel or your buyer and clear on your buyer's journey. It's now an inbound marketing uh, on steroids. And inbound marketing is about attracting people through giving, right? And through what value can you offer them? You must know what your audience is craving and what they respond to on social media. So it's there's so much data out there. There's so many people doing stuff. There's so, so much of your competition is there. If you spy on it and you see what's getting more interaction, the more interaction and engagement you can get for your content and your business, the, lo the lawyer, more loyal and bigger your tribe will grow. And so what is at every stage of your audience's journey, what are they concerned about? What are they craving? What solutions are they looking for, and how can you deliver it? And I'm talking about, you know, if somebody's anything from like, all right, if somebody needs a bicycle, they may have not thought they needed a bicycle, but now they're, they, they went to a friend's house and they went biking, and they're like, oh, maybe I should get a bicycle. They're not ready to buy one. They're just kind of, you know, thinking about it, or maybe they're not even thinking about it. They just had a great experience. You know what would you wouldn't serve up somebody? Hey, buy a thousand dollar bicycle here. Here's ten different types. You'd want to start serving people up information. How to you know how to what are, what kind of bicycle are you? What's your bicycle personality? You know you could do assessments or little quizzes and gamify that kind of content. So it's fun. Has nothing to do with selling them anything yet. It's just getting a okay. What kind of bicycle personality are you? Are you a tandem or yeah. are you a mountain? Right, so um, I think you have to just really c consider whether they're in that awareness phase. Are they ready to start looking at different, you know, types of bikes, or are they ready to buy? You know, because uh, they want a gift for somebody, or they have a urgent pressing need. They have a leak. They need a plumbing fixture or something. You know, they they, they just go find it. But your content has to meet people where they're at. And you have to have all the kinds of content out there. And then you have to know, okay, if you show them this and they get on your list, then what? Then how do you nurture them? How do you bring them into the fold and and ultimately delight them? Right? And when you think, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that marketers today are realizing the importance of instead of just coming to social media and saying, hey, I'm going to build relationships and everything's going to work out. <laughs> Right. How, how, off the top of your head, because examples are the are priceless. Right here on around this discussion, um, you can find yourself in in myriad you know discussions on the theory of social media marketing, um, mm -hmm. and we've all seen really good examples. But I am so terrible at like going, you know, I need to follow these guys, 
in this particular way to remind me to check back in with them because they're really, really nailing it. And I need to study them further. Who are, who are some people that are companies or individuals that either you work with or a mixture of people you do and you don't that you really think are just nailing what you just said? So people can go and look and take a, a look at a, a live example of who you think has really got this down. Well, Has anybody jumped is, out at you and impressed you lately? Well, <laughs> well HubSpot is the the king of inbound marketing, right? And they mm-hmm. provide platforms and they have case studies that you could just, you know, Google all. You could start, spend all day on HubSpot's site because their content is so rich. And they talk about the buyer's journey and how to put content in there uh, from both your blog to your social media. You need to know how to blend the two because ultimately you want people on your list and then to nurture them. So you want to bring them back to your site or use lead ads on Facebook to get them into your list. Uh, you certainly can do that. But um, they, you know, people, once you've got them hooked, <laughs> they want more of you. Bring them home. Bring them yeah. to your website. And definitely HubSpot has a lot of case studies about that. I follow them a ton. There are others. Content uh, Marketing Institute is another one. Um, But they're on the cutting edge of um, what it is to do content marketing. Uh, There's several different marketing now. It's not just social media marketing. It really encompasses content marketing, tribe building, and um, engagement marketing. And if you're just Mm -hmm. doing... And then social media, and then you put social media as an overlay on all three. Um, then you're building a powerful business, which also has an effect on SEO, like all kinds of stuff. It really is. It oh, yeah. was social media by itself, and it over the years has become a hub spot of its own, <laughs> a hub yeah. that really controls everything. I mean, it, like anybody that has a marketing campaign right now that doesn't have a very strong social component, and that, that doesn't touch just about every other thing in your marketing campaign on your editorial calendar and everywhere else, you kind of have to suspect that, don't you? I mean, that's, that's kind of a giant omission these days. Yep, absolutely. So is there, is there anybody else, like who is just a pure, not the people who are really good at it because they're the scientists of it, HubSpot, Content Marketing Institute, those guys are great. But what's a, give me a major company that you think has nailed it now or in the past with a, maybe a campaign that sticks out in your mind that somebody could go find, get in that loop, and just kind of soak it up and, and go, this is what she was talking about. You know, well, maybe not Coca-Cola, you know, but something. <laughs> well, I was thinking more like a Southwest Airlines that gets a lot of engagement on their um, their site as well and gets lots of shares. And oh, one really great, uh, what is the Canadian Jet West, I think is the name of their West Jet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's West Jet. Uh, they ran a campaign that was so amazing um, that they, you know, I always say your online marketing is as important as your offline marketing. They did a combination. Imagine sitting at the airport. People are sitting at the airport waiting for their holiday flight. And there's a little booth there where they can ask Santa for what they want for Christmas. And he's on a little video camera, and they, they go up to the video booth, camera booth, and they say, hi, mm-hmm. Santa. Santa says, hi. He's on video. He's like, what would you like for Christmas? And they're saying, I want a big screen TV. I want a diamond ring. I want some socks. You know, And people, while they're waiting, are invited to go up and ask for what they want from this flight. They arrive at their destination, and what comes out of the conveyor belt at the baggage claim 
are wrapped presents with each person's name on it. They had to scan their tickets to ask Santa what to what they wanted for, and they cre- they created a video that um, t- told the whole story about this, and that video went viral, and everybody who got gifts, obviously, were sharing on social media, and now everybody knows about WestJet. They're a small regional airline in out of Canada. Uh, you know, and what wow. did they do? They just they spent maybe $5,000, $10,000, and for a jet airline, airline, that's not a bad thing, for a marketing campaign. And people got gifts. You know, it's like yeah. it, it just bring, it brought emotion. You watch this video and you're crying because you're seeing people get these gifts that not in a million years would you think would ever come to them from an airline, <laughs> from a flight. And yeah. it was such a surprise to people. It was just fun. It was fun to ask Santa for their gifts, but to get them on top of it is a total surprise, like amazing. Yeah. And and the employees Pattern went to all kinds of yeah. And the employees got totally into it, so it built morale in the company. I mean, it was more than just a media spend. It was a social cause, you know, that they rallied around yeah. just giving giving for the holiday season. So there's a a real social marketing campaign that. Go look it up because the videos went viral. People are sharing it. Like, isn't it? It makes you feel better about the holidays too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I would I would say that there's a chance there's people who are listening to that particular example going, well, that's uh that's an airline company, and I don't have five thousand dollars, or you know, a list of excuses, and then and then they go back to reading a website that talks about how to mechanically do social media. And I'm, I want people to stop right there. If that's you, stop and go back and listen to this because the answer to your problem is not you've got to go out and spend $5,000 on a, an ad campaign. What worked here is none of that stuff. It was being awesome, right? Like, I right. Mean, People spend an awful lot of time looking in the wrong exact 180-degree direction from where they should be looking. It is not about the spins. It's not about the frequency that you update your Facebook feed. It's not about any of those things. It's about having a good idea and taking the time to spend until you get one to get one, to be awesome like that. I think a lot of people – I have. In my, in my past, I've looked at stuff like that, and I've gone, well, that's them. Let me go back to my course on how to do Facebook advertising. And it's like, wait a minute, I just shot myself in the foot. The answer to those problems, in my opinion, across the board, is spending enough time thinking up really awesome ideas like that. Somebody just had a thought, and it just got – and then somebody wisely uh, signed off on it at the company saying, hey, go do that. Go get a camera, do this thing, play with the conveyor belts for a couple hours on that day, get some – you know, go ahead, go ahead. Somebody was very smart to let somebody do that, and it turned into – I mean, if you went and looked at what those guys spent on traditional advertising and got a quarter, a fraction, a tiny percentage of what they got out of this campaign that cost them hardly anything, that's the power, I think, that people are missing with social. It's not really social. It's just that's a delivery mechanism. People don't laud phones like phones. You know, That's how I do business. <laughs> I get all my customers you know, because I, I talk on a phone. Well, no, you get all your customers for all the other reasons, and you communicate with them on the phone. And that's it's what I tool. feel like people are missing with social. Yeah. It's a tool. Rant. And it doesn't, have to cost, 
I love your awesome rant. Can we have a hashtag, awesome rant, Jack's awesome rant? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's make that go viral. <laughs> so being awesome doesn't have to cost a lot of money either. I mean, I just gave an idea to a, a client yesterday. I said, why don't you shout out to other organizations that they're doing their their um, product is meditations and they're trying to outreach to cancer patients. I said, why don't you do shout outs to all the cancer facilities in your area? And tell them, and acknowledge them for the great work they're doing. You just you know, gave me just chills. Like, and, and I said, no, you call just you, you said meditations. I'm like, I wonder if yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about my own. Everybody does. They think about their own self-interest for a second while you're saying, you know, what you ought to do. And then you're thinking, hey, would that work? I was thinking about Thriverly, which is my little pet project right now, and it's about meditation. And it's a and and I haven't been doing any shout-outs. Like, brilliant. And you mm-hmm. just—I mean—you could have gone in any direction, and you picked that. Either stalking me, or that was just a really cool serendipitous moment. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Serendipity, babe. Um, so yeah, <laughs> like why don't? And then here's the other part of that. I said, why don't you call them ahead of time to let them know you wanted to? You'll be acknowledging them online because you feel they do great work. So you actually are talking to someone face to face. You're not asking for anything. Although you can say, I'd be happy to send you an email with the link to that post in case you want to comment on it or share it to yours. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, I mean, if there's people who take this stuff like seriously, like people like you that really take it seriously and think it all the way through, that phone call thing, that uh, email ahead or you know, give them a shout on social somewhere, on Messenger, to let them know it's coming. If you take what you're doing that seriously, why wouldn't you call ahead? Right. Why wouldn't you organize something? And so that's another, you know, kind of pet peeve of mine is I see a lot of people go out and they're like, I did that. I did what you said. And then you would be in your right to say, did you phone ahead? Did you give them a heads up? Did you, like, what a serious person about their social media or about their messaging um, about their campaigns would do. Did you do that? And often people are like, no, but I'm giving up on social because it doesn't work anyway. But they never <laughs> gave it a chance. <laughs> no, they didn't really. They didn't use it exactly like you're saying. It's a tool. It's not the thing. You have to use the tool creatively. You can do so many creative things. I mean, we saw the ice bucket challenge. We We've seen, you know, videos like if WestJet did that, that might have been a really nice news story, and then it would have died on the vine. But now we have video content that can go viral and stay, you know, I'm talking about it two and three years later, right? So it really has propelled the brand forward. So another thing is the newest thing that marketers are using really well, and they're and they're getting better and better at it, is video and Facebook Live. Mm. And, you know, we saw Blab really go on fire, and then they pulled the plug on it, not because it wasn't succeeding. It was succeeding. <laughs> it was really succeeding. And I still to this day don't understand why they, they pulled the, the plug on it, but it went in a direction they did, the company didn't want to go. Maybe it wasn't profitable for them. But I just tell you, video and live streaming, authentic live streaming is compelling. Yeah. Go live. <laughs> It's intimidating, though, right? It's like um, w- when we were talking to That's people years ago about going out and doing the things that pe- most people won't do. Like the way to be super competitive is just figure out what your market won't do and do that. And and everything else be damned because the return on that is not an incremental ROI like you're trying to find in your advertising in other means. 
the return on such a thing is huge. And I consider video that thing because people are really – the vast majority of people are unwilling to use it. They just won't. And yeah. I think that I could help – you could help people. Say, you know, uh, what, t tell people about what the ROI is on something like that versus anything else that they can do because people are so hesitant to use it. What kinds of it, what kinds of returns are you seeing with clients who are using it? I, I'm seeing, first of all, brand awareness and brand loyalty skyrocket because now people can get a taste of you in 3D, you know, in live and in person type of thing. They can get the real deal. They can see it. And I love the live streaming. Um, Pre-made videos are still pretty good, especially for SEO. But the live videos, first of all, right now they're being um, preferentially treated on um, sites, in particular Facebook. So if your market's on mm. Facebook, it's a great domain to do it on. Uh, you can sh these videos get shared like crazy, especially if you're if you're not boring. Don't be boring. <laughs> Don't just be self-promotional. Think about a way you can give and be awesome. I love that. Be awesome. Be remarkable. Offer remarkable something remarkable in there. It's not a promotional tool. It's an information giving uh, tool. So it's just a tool. So you got so you got to use the tool right. It's like trying to hammer a nail in with the back of the hammer. It just doesn't work, right? <laughs> you have to use the head. Yeah. So um, and then it works beautifully. So how can you? What creative ideas can you come up with? And it's it's much easier for me to come up with a creative idea when I have a business someone I'm working with. But um, yeah, you know, to to share like it's the holiday time. Do you have some great holiday gift ideas? Do you have ways to? Um, help people de-stress through the holidays? Do you have some tips for, for, you know, are you in the relationship business? Do you have relationship, you know, ways to go? Can you do a little talk show online, you know? So, you know, see what compels you in the real world and what your market is compelled by and see how that translates onto video. You know, I think one of the best examples uh, I can think of of creativity in, in using social in a way that um, none of my marketer friends that I've ever met has ever even heard of before, and it came from a place that you wouldn't read about on HubSpot or any of the other sites because they haven't figured this out yet because they're too technically savvy to have come up with this option. But I have um, – family and, and friends, people who are into um, Young Living, the, the essential oil company, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and typically uh, people in, in things like that are not, they don't have websites, they're scared to death of the, the web in a technical sense, and they have to make do with the things they have at hand and the things that they understand right on the surface. They don't take courses, they don't buy our products, they do not. Um, they don't, <laughs> you know, do any of that stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm seeing how they're growing these massive, massive followings. And they did something really interesting, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy crap, I would have never thought of that. And I've never met a marketer who has, because we would overshoot that. But they took uh, groups, they took events, and they just said, I'm having a class. And I'm having a class about this essential oil or how to use something or how to do something. Fill in the blank or whatever. It's, it's not about oils. It's about the idea. Uh, and, and, the, and then everybody is like, oh, I want to see that class. They put a really cool graphic at the top. They give it a theme. Um, my, my niece is doing really, really well with this. And she had a Harry Potter potions class uh, for oils that was uh, during the Halloween season. And now she's mm -hmm. doing a Grinch who oiled Christmas. 
uh, for and so she's got so you can picture those kinds of banners, the imagery and everything that are at the top of that event page, and everybody can then picture an event page. And then guess what this class is? She doesn't go live, although they do a lot of live video, and so everything that you said about live video is absolutely proving out in that example for those guys, absolutely. But for these classes, they make up ahead of time a whole bunch of pre-written posts. And then they number them, and they say lesson number one, do this, do this, do this. Put a picture on there, talk about it, and then they put it up. And so everybody agrees to come to this event on the event page at 7 o'clock or something, and they just sit and watch back and forth and interact back and forth through the page, through text, just answering different threads. And then after a few minutes, they'll put up number two, which they had already written, already had the picture for and everything else. And people are like, oh, that's a good idea. What about this? What about that? And it's so low-tech that only a super low-tech person could even have had the idea to do it that way, and it is going like gangbusters. So I would imagine that anybody could listen to this and go, hey, I could do something like that. That's super simple. I don't actually, in that instance, have to get on video. I don't have to do all the things that creep me out. This sounds pretty simple. And the reason that it does is because it is because it was created by people who don't have the technical capacity to do anything else. So they came up with that. I thought that was kind of brilliant. Have you ever heard of anybody it doing that? Well, it's so interesting. You uh, not exactly like you're saying, but you gave me the chills because I have uh, DoTerra reps that I work with. It's another essential oil company, yeah. and we uh, we do lives. We do a Facebook live every week. In fact, we're doing one today with the holiday, you know, ideas. But I love these themes, and I love the idea of now. What if we integrated video on that event page at the time? I think it, yeah, it's possible yeah. to check into the technology. So we can get a little more technical, and, and that would be even fun. But I love the pre-written posts that kind of walk through, people through. It's almost like a tweet chat. So on Twitter, uh -huh. you can do – they have a whole protocol um, for chatting an event. You know, you have a, a, and you have hashtag, like I work with the Women Speakers Association, hashtag speaker chat. Every once a month Tuesday, they have, they have an interview on Twitter. And it's all text-based, and the and it's all pre-planned. So the uh, the interviewee provides questions and answers, and the interviewer uh -huh. on Twitter asks the questions, and then the interviewee answers them. Answer one, like a one colon, and then and the Q one colon goes in from the question from the interviewer, and the interviewee is a one answer. And then people on tweets or Twitter, or you're all tweeting with the same hashtag speaker chat. So if you have a question for the speaker, you ask a question, you just reply to one of the tweets, but you have that hashtag in there, and you can be following it all along on tweetchat.com or twubs.com because it will follow um, a line of thinking, you know, a, I'm sorry, a, sh a mm -hmm. hashtag, a line of tweets from a hashtag. So during that event, people know that that hashtag, or during that time, they can they can come and listen listen. <laughs> they can read the questions and the answers, and they can ask questions themselves too, and make comments and share out, and it goes viral. So that's the only thing. But basically, what your niece is doing is doing a tweet chat on a Facebook event. But it, and it's a much yeah. more. Um, it's just so easy, like you said. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Well, and, and, and there's a lot. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, isn't it smart to keep people on the place they didn't want to leave in the first place? Like, we all ask people to go to webinars. Well, what does that do? 
it pulls me away from Facebook. Dang it. And I don't want to go away. But if you have this thing right here, and while I'm waiting for the next lesson to come out or the next tweet to come out, I can stay here and read all the other stuff that I was going to do anyway. I'm not being bothered. It's the least imposition on people's time that you could possibly give them while actually imposing a great deal on their time, I mean at least capturing their attention for a great deal of time without them feeling the, the negative effect of that. Like come to my website and come to my, you know, all these places off that we're always trying to get people to go. I just think the psychology behind it, I think about it all the time because in my house I hear about new events like this every single day. And it mm-hmm. just keeps reminding me about the marketing aspect of it and how brilliant it is. And none of the people that are doing it really know. They don't even need to. They're succeeding, and that's all they came to do. But, but it, the science of it just drives me crazy. I think it's so freaking awesome. And the tweet chat, mm-hmm. I should have brought that up because, yeah, that's exactly, I think, you know, I think Facebook uh, formalizes the forum feel to it. Like it keeps track of stuff without having to keep track of hashtags. Because you know how Facebook bugs the crap out of you every time somebody in a – if you're in an event and somebody posts, your top priority for getting that stuff. And these guys kind of figured that out. So it's like as soon mm-hmm. as I do lesson two, everybody in this event is going to get it, no matter where they are. And even if they're not on Facebook, right, because they, cause they get buzzed on their phone no matter what, <laughs> wherever they are. It's like come back to Facebook, come look at lesson two, you know, and you <laughs> – I just think it's brilliant. I think, uh, you know, it would be probably prudent uh, if I wanted to come out with another product that I'd productize this and have a have a, a an event like this on Facebook for marketers because uh, I think, wow, they're always looking for new things. People are always looking for new things, not because the old things don't work, but because people get bored or they never got the thing that they that you were trying to teach them on your blog the other day. They just, I don't know. You've you got to keep giving them new things to think about. Well, how about doing this way? Because I think a lot of people, don't they just start thinking there's just nothing for me as a marketer, for my business to do out there? I don't have any ideas. And those guys always come up with killer ideas, and I don't. And and then you just start doing, I don't know, some time-wasting stuff or whatever. But that's your business, right, keeping people fired up about all the possibilities? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to do marketing in a vacuum, and it's really critical that you take time to plan your marketing, to get creative, and to really dive into what's, what's the need in the marketplace and how can you fill it and how can it be fun and how will it be compelling to attract people and, you know, create safe places to share ideas where all ideas are welcome. doesn't mean all ideas will be done. And then really refine them, take them to new places, places and um, get them implemented, see, what ha- you know, see if the budget's there, see if the time is there, and pick the ones that are going to have that you think are going to have the most results, and of course collect data along the way so you can make better and better decisions going forward. Yeah. Well, where would you like to go from here? I'm giving you a, a free get out of this conversation uh, line of talk card, and you can go anywhere you would like to go. What would you like to discuss next? I want to well, talk about what's coming. Okay. Oh yeah, we better do that. It's time to talk. Well, I. You can use your get out of conversation card some other way, some other time. You still have one. Now you got to do what Gina says. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, as you mentioned, I'm the founder, uh, president, and co-founder of Social Buzz Club. And mm-hmm. what is Social Buzz Club? People should know first because most people are are not users at this point. But it's a 
content curation platform for, for people who want influencers to share their content. So it's a gamified system for marketing where we get the word out about you for you. And so if you have, for example, if you have a blog post, Jack, and you want me to share it with my 30,000 Twitter fans and onto my LinkedIn profile where I have several thousand LinkedIn connections and maybe to um, a couple of Facebook pages that I also manage. Um, so there's four different shares of your content that I will be willing to do if it resonates with my audience or I love what you write about. I might share it, and I will earn points, and so we have a game. And when I, once I accumulate enough points, I can submit my own content for people like you and other members to share to their networks. So I like to say, what's better than you posting your own content? Somebody else posting your content, right? <laughs> Somebody bigger than you. <laughs> bigger and, yeah. and then smaller. Why not? You, know, can't, you right, never know who's right. going to pick it up. So uh, it, it's, it's a really reciprocal content sharing platform, and we are, we are welcoming members to it every day, socialbuzzclub.com. It's a really screaming good deal. We are in development for the next level of the software. It needs an upgrade, as most softwares usually do by the time they're, they put out. They're, you need an upgrade, right? So we are coming out with an upgrade in uh, first quarter of next year. And... We are allowing organizations to um, check it out as because uh, we'll be able to white label it and create buzz clubs for various organizations and thought leaders who want to have their content amplified by their organizations and their organization's content. And it's really what Gina has taught me that I didn't even realize we were doing, but it creates a whole new level of engagement and loyalty for your brand if you create your own yeah. buzz club by adding that gamification into it. I mean, imagine um, Macy's coming out with a buzz club, and they said to their customers, if you come on our buzz club site and you um, share out these, this content, we have content on how to tie a scarf and fashion trends for the winter and, you know, secrets for getting into your bathing suit, you know, come, you know, the bathing suit season because they're a, you know, they have a lot of fashion in their store. They have jewelry. They have makeup. They have all kinds of categories that they can create content around and put calls to action in on their their site or blog if they have a blog, or they can talk about the latest uh, holiday gift ideas, whatever. And their their members, their customers who are using this, get earn earn points. And when they earn a certain number of points, they get a coupon for ten percent off the store. You know, or Five dollars off your next order, or whatever it is. Pretty cool, huh? So I could bribe people with things that I'm able to give away, like meditations or courses or or things yep. like that. Is it the same? I don't have to do it just coupons. That's no. You can do whatever you want in your own white labeled Buzz Club. Um, you have your own reward system, and they also can. If you have an organization of thought leaders. There's two ways to run it. If you have an organization of thought leaders, the thought leaders can share each other's content and build each other's influence, right? That's what the, the generic oh. social buzz club does. Um, when we put in place the reward system for the white labels, the brand can also offer rewards in exchange for the points that the, the members are doing. So 
Um, it could be either they get the opportunity to post their own content in, or if that's not what the brand's up to, the brand can offer those free products, services, coupons, whatever they want. Oh, I know why Gino is so excited now. <laughs> why? I know what you're thinking, Gina. So a brand, Isn't this brilliant, Jack? Absolutely. What if a brand wanted to support a nonprofit? And they made uh-huh. the nonprofit do all the work of organizing, which a nonprofit is more than willing to do if Macy's is the brand throwing its resources like coupons and products and its own network behind it. Like, wow, it's JV Central. It is JV Central. It's huge JV Central. You can have all kinds of JV partners giving gifts in your rewards area. Wow. You can have JV, you can have JV content that you get your Buzz Club to post out in exchange for their who knows what, right? I'd love to hear more about that because I had not even considered that. So let's and talk. Jack, how awesome, how awesome that Laura and I are already talking about having Divisio and Social Buzz Club working together. Oh, God, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, it's a monetization factor that comes into it right away. Not in a gross way either. Not like, oh, here come the marketers. So it's not that. It really blends well and seamlessly because I'm even thinking of a way that you could – I mean, I'm going to test this. I'm going to do this. I've already made up my mind because I actually owned Social Buzz Club or something like that a long, long time ago, and I couldn't crack the nut of the gamification part of it. I just – the – the programming, the programmer I was working with, all that kind of – I just couldn't do it. So I, it died, and I was so excited. Whoa, social – look at this. She's doing something. She's got software. She obviously has cracked the nut and figured this out. And what I had in mind at the time is like now coming to fruition and even more than I even thought of back then in a way that you could build a list that is 100,000 people strong. With all of the leverage that's built into something like that, you could – I mean – Sure, you're sharing a blog post, but if you have your calls to action set right, uh, you know, you're sharing a piece of content, you should be getting subscribers. You should be getting people running through your funnels like crazy with something like this. And all we really needed was the ability to really, not in, a, in, the, way, in the hundreds of ways that people have tried, but in the way that you're describing, getting influencers truly, truly involved and engaged without also going and doing that thing on Twitter or wherever. There's several services that you can just pay an influencer a huge amount of money to put something on there. This is more organic, and, it, and you guys get to choose, right? You don't have to put something up if it doesn't go with your editorial you know, or your whatever, your persona for your own business or your thought leadership, right? You get to choose, and, and if you choose not to, you just don't get the points for that, but you go looking for things that you do, right? That's right. Absolutely. And you feel good. You kind of win a point. You get a badge. You know, you start telling your friends about it. Then you, you then not only is your brand getting, you know, more visibility, but it's oh like I got the leader badge. I'm so excited. It's like a Pokemon thing. It's a game yeah. now. Right? Yeah. Until now, Laura has had social buzz clubs, so she's got her own buzz club but she has not had the ability to allow other brands to open their own buzz club. And what's about to launch is you'll be able to actually license the platform to create your own buzz club. Ooh. And, 
and it will wow. be maintained for you, which is nice. You are about to really upgrade in the, the level of Christmas gifts you're able to buy people. That is going right? to be massive. <laughs> massive. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and that's the name of the game, right, is people don't – when you give people an alternative to the only one that they feel like they have right now, which is Facebook or Twitter and whatever built-in tools they have or whatever anybody's able to, you know, with their API build on the side, which has always been just kind of lacking, you know, in some way or another, it's not – I mean, that's what's exciting to me is that I don't want all my solutions coming from the company that will profit from every one of them because those solutions tend to eventually always be more self-serving for the company than they are for the business, the customer. It's just the way it goes. You, you know, you can't have the right. fox in charge of the hen house. And you, you're, you're presenting something here where we get to be third-party, be out there, and the organizing factor really isn't necessarily around APIs and things like that, how, you, how well you integrate with the other social. I know it probably does that quite well, but you're creating something new that stands alone in your third-partiness of people getting together to do this thing, to do this gamification. Then you get the stats on that. You have to come to Social Buzz Club. You can't you know, it's not run completely through uh, and seamlessly through Facebook or other social sites. And I think that's a winner. I think you figured it out, obviously. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. And if people want to learn more about it, they certainly can email me at laura at socialbuzzclub.com. Um, we are going into a beta phase, so um, we have a couple of beta openings. Let's put it that way. And for everybody who's maybe not looking at, at that, everybody who doesn't, doesn't get one of those couple coveted spots, what are the first things that you want people to do to pay attention to um, when they join, like the regular social buzz? What, what's, what's your best advice for how people get started, where they should look, what Can they I should read up on? my link, Laura? Yeah, sure. Do you have a link? I do. It is join d like directions you like university dot com forward slash buzz club. Join du dot com forward slash buzz b u z z club c l u b. And that will take you right to our social buzz club, and you can join it. And the first thing that I would recommend people do is take a look at the content that is there to share. Because when they share the content, um, you're becoming a hero to your audience. You're, and take a look at it and share only the best content. And we get really good content in there because it, it's not good. It doesn't get shared, right? And you have to earn points to put in content. So you better put in your best content. So there's really yeah. good articles in there that people can share. And be a hero to your audience by promoting someone else. And you're not really promoting them. You're giving them, not only promoting them, I guess you are in a sense, but you're giving them... Um, quality information. And so you become a trusted resource, number one. And then start making sure your content. Uh, we had one really one woman who teaches how to create WordPress sites. And she started. She joined Social Buzz Club. She's a pretty thought, a good thought leader. She was doing webinars. She has a whole Internet marketing business. And she's like, Laura, this has made me a better blogger. I read some of the quality articles in there, and I realized I had to up my game in the in my quality of my blog post. And mm. now she does; she gets way more shares as a result. You know. So I have a page that is kind of got a really big guarantee. It guarantees that anybody who does what I say on the page will become happy in the next ten minutes. 
and it's called the happiness trick. Would that be a good piece? At the bottom, I give away a free meditation that I created, but it's at the very bottom, and it's only if you've appreciated what you've read so far, so that's my call to action. Would that be, uh, if, if it does all the things, of course you haven't read it so you don't know, but if it does all of those things, would that be an example of something that somebody could create really quickly? Because you don't have to call it the happiness trick. You could make it a trick of any kind, whatever would be relevant to your business, right? Uh, you know, something quick, easy to consume so people aren't scared to click away because it sounds like it's going to be a real quick read and I can come back to Grandma's recipes for oatmeal cookies <laughs> right away if this thing sucks or, you know, is that a, is that a good strategy or how, what kinds of, um, you know, are people doing giant posts, big long posts, or is it just run the gamut? Uh, it runs the gamut uh, as long as it's compelling and value-oriented. If it's just geared to sell or get someone to download something, they they don't get as right. many opt-ins. But if you give the meat on the page, you may get an opt-in, yes. But uh, that's what people want to share. Just think about what you'd want to share, Jack. Would you share that page right. to, to if somebody else offered it? If your answer is no, then you've got your answer. <laughs> Yeah. Your answer is yes. Right. Yeah, and you should it. be able to make that decision really quick. It shouldn't be uh you shouldn't have to think about it, right? It should be an immediate heck yes or heck no. Mhm. Yep. Would I would I share this? You know, don't yeah. in, don't insert something that you wouldn't share. Somebody else put it up. Wow. This sounds perfect. So everybody should be able to get started with that right away with uh, ask or no, joindu.com/socialbuzz. So everybody go do that right now or pretty soon. Uh, is there anything else that people can do to get in your sphere of influence? Is Social Buzz Club the only thing you're into? What other things would you like to tell people about today? I'd really like them to check out Social Buzz Club. And um, I, I wouldn't I'd say give that address one more time because um, it's, it's really a no-brainer. Uh, to get involved, it's either a monthly at 19 or a 197 for an entire year to get all kinds of buzz going about your business. So, you want to give that address again? Joindu.com forward slash Buzz Club, Jack, not Social Buzz. Buzz. Oh, club. I'm sorry. Crap. Oh, that's why you made me do it again. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> okay. Joindu.com so slash Buzz Club. You got it now. And truly, if any of our listeners have a tribe already, please reach out to Laura via email. There are only a couple of beta openings for others to start their own buzz club. I've already told Laura about a few groups that I know of that this is perfect for. If you really want to create a loyal following in 2017, Getting your own Buzz Club is going to make it so much easier to do that. Gamification, the new there thing. you go. It's it taken really so is. long, though, right? Like gamification was a buzzword a long time ago, but like it's easier said than done. And and it, really, again, congratulations for being able to pull that off and giving people that feeling because that was it. We understand the mechanics of gamification. But when people are using it, they got to get that giddy little feeling, that little endorphin, that's whatever the, the release is when you win a game, when you, you know, uh, win words with friends or whatever. If that's not there, then all the gamification in the world won't work. That's what makes it go, and well, you guys did understand it. So congratulations. What, understand what gamification is doing. 
Convert sales are fueled by conversion. Conversion is fueled by engagement. Engagement is fueled by something called discovery, and it's a buzzword that really hasn't gotten picked up as much as I thought it might. Discovery is all about people coming to your site with a scarcity mentality. And, Jack, you've seen this with what you're trying to do with happiness. People just don't see the abundance of all the great stuff you've got there. You've got to cause a chemical reaction to take place in their brain in order to flip the switch so that they see the totality of what you've got. Gamification causes that chemical reaction to take place. So we're out of time. Thank you so much, Laura. This has been an awesome, awesome show. And, Jack, I told you, I knew you were going to love what Laura was doing. That's why I kept pushing you to talk to her about it. I'm going to be bragging about this show a lot today on the on the rest of our stuff. Oh, yes, you better believe it. I knew you would be. Thanks again, Laura. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure being here. And we'll be back. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.